you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys coming by and being part of the show today. We always. We're always so thankful for our audience because you guys are always so cute and wonderful and delectable. And I don't know, I'm just really trying to butter my audience up this morning because, you know, we just, we just love you guys. Remember, Chris Voss Show is the family that loves you, but doesn't judge you. At least not as harshly as your mom does. Now go clean your room. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning Be sure to refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Give us a five-star review over the iTunes there. We get the most loveliest reviews and they're so nice. Sometimes they sit and weep. They're so uh, loving and and wonderful. So make one up there. Put one up if you would. We certainly appreciate it. YouTube.com, Goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss. See the big LinkedIn newsletter, all the stuff we're doing on LinkedIn. Lots of new LinkedIn stuff. Great. That, that, that's, that's like the last ditch with all the stuff that's going on, on Twitter and, and stuff right now. And Facebook seems to be suspending. Uh, a friend of mine on Facebook got suspended for saying happy birthday to somebody the other day. So the, the bots are crazy over there. So go see what we're doing on LinkedIn and also on TikTok. TikTok seems to be the place everyone's at now, so we're trying to master that. Uh, today, we have an amazing author on the show. She's the author of the book uh, called Unreported. Domestic abuse is an unreported crime and learning to live, L.I.V.E. Free is a journey. We'll find out what that's about. Ms. Vera Mahajan is on the show with us today. Did I get your name correct, Vera? Yes, you did. Correctly pronounced, yes. It's always good. We don't, we don't like to butcher names on the show. That's always bad business, and we like everyone to get represented really well. Uh, so she is an inspirational author, speaker, and passionate advocate for the eradication of domestic abuse and empowering women. She's an advocate for joyful living through peaceful dispute resolution. Her book talks about domestic abuse awareness and getting rid of abuse from your life for good. I believe we all deserve, she believes, we that we all deserve a happy and absolutely free life on our own terms. And it's definitely important. No one needs to be abused. Welcome to the show, Vera. How are you? I am very good. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming. We certainly appreciate having you on the show. Give us your dot coms or wherever you want people to look you up on the interwebs, please. Uh, you can just look me up on my uh, name, website, Vera, V-E-E-R-A, mm-hmm. Mahajan, M-A-H-A-J-A-N.com. There you go. And there you, you can go. find me on Instagram, full name, at Vera Mahajan. Facebook, full name, at Vera Mahajan. And uh, you'll find me on LinkedIn. I'm not that big on Twitter. Once in a while, I do post something there. But mm-hmm. these three, I kind of keep pretty active. Twitter's, Twitter's kind of going some crazy places. So I've kind of been like uh, <laughs> over on LinkedIn doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we, we have our big LinkedIn newsletter over there. We have a big 130,000 group. Uh, we have the LinkedIn newsletter that goes out on weekdays. Uh, and, you know, it's it's just so much more professional over there, too. But yeah. uh, Facebook, we have five Facebook groups uh, or three. Oh, it's two pages, three Facebook groups. Facebook seems to be doing okay, but, you know, they just laid off a bunch of people. And 
And I've gotten uh, suspended over just telling two jokes that were just like, uh, we we did a joke about the Netflix Jeffrey Dahmer show. And evidently you can't do jokes about serial killers anymore. I guess that's, uh, so so it's kind of crazy out there in the, so we're just loving our uh, LinkedIn stuff, and it's good people. I think Instagram is doing similar things. They're just taking people off. They verify. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's weird. Uh, so anyway, it's good to have you on the show. Well, give us an idea. What motivated you want to write this book? What motivated me? Because I hate to call myself that, but that's what I feel, that I'm an expert on domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. I lived as a child. Mm-hmm. And domestic abuse. And now that I think back, that's what kind of grooms you. Mm-hmm. When you live that, you think that's a normal. Yeah. And then you find a little bit better. And then that's what I thought my husband was. He was at least not as bad as my dad. Because my mm-hmm. dad was very physically abusive to my mom, mostly, and my older brother. Wow. But we all got a little bit out of it. You know, not out of it, but we all got abused, but not as bad as my mom and my older brother. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get used to standing by the wall and watching your mom being yelled at or hit or whatever. And then when you you think your husband is a little bit better, who may turn into eventually the same, you're groomed into that, right? Yeah. And you have learned how to accept it and how to live in it. So that's what I'm doing right now. And after I, anyway, you were saying how, what motivated me because I did not want that to go from my mother's generation to me and then to my children. Mm-hmm. So I made sure, even though my ex also started, my kid's dad started to be very abusive and was abusive as the years went by. And I lived there because I knew it was going to be most worse if I had to leave because then you get into custody battle. And he was threatening me on that. He will take my children away and custody battles. Plus, I was always afraid that he's going to go get married again which he did even after I waited 23 years very quickly. But then who's going to protect my kids when they're not with me? At yeah. least I'm protecting them, you know, and at least we were together. And then at least he was gone a lot. You know, we had business and they were traveling. You know, he had a traveling kind of, you know, business. So uh, the thing is, we find different names, small names for the big problems so we can survive them, so we can kind of say, oh, he's just angry. He just drinks. He just does that. He just does that. And then, but if we give it a bigger name, then you know it's abuse and you're not, should not be taking it. So that's what the message I'm trying to give to people and educate women and families that what happens to the wives, to the, to the whole family. Our husband's not happy either. He may be abusive, but he's not happy, right? If we find a way to live a happier life, and more peaceful life, then it's good for everybody. But otherwise, if it is, if you've tried everything, and I'm not saying just first time, good, just go get a divorce, right? You have mm-hmm. to try to make it work, especially if you have children. Yeah. But, but if you've tried, you know, you should not be in abuse, then you have to leave. That's so true. That's what I'm educating. But I mean, to just leave, a lot of women say, I, what will I do? How will I do? How will I take care of kids? You know, you, and that's what I'm trying to teach in this book also. Domestic abuse awareness, first of all, that are you living in abuse? That's why I called it unreported crime. Nobody talks about it. You know, people just like, oh, don't uh, wash, uh, whatever you call, 
dirty laundry, put it out uh, to people to see, keep it behind closed doors. We don't know what's happening. It takes two to fight or two to do this or that. No, sometimes it's just one way of use. And the other one is just taking marriage is a compromise. If it's a compromise back and forth, yes. But if it's one person only getting and the other person only giving. So all these things I'm explaining that what changes it into abuse and how to get out of it. And if you do decide to get out of it, that was my big thing. When I was going through divorce, mm-hmm. my lawyer would say, I'm not your therapist. Go talk to her. And I'm like already crying here in the middle of the story. And now it's like, oh, I have to wait for an appointment to go to the therapist. And therapist said, well, I can't advise, give you legal advice. You got to go talk to the lawyer. I'm running back and forth, paying $400 here, $500 here, you know, mm-hmm. for hour. They're not cheap and they don't do what when you're in the middle of it. And then the hour ends when you're like in the middle of the story. Yeah. All those things that they weren't explaining, I'm explaining in this. So this little book is made like that on purpose. So mm-hmm. everybody can read. And even if you, it's not so expensive, it's small, mm-hmm. you can read, get enough information, keep it for, you know, a guidebook or just give it to somebody. Easy gift. If you know someone is going through that, just give it to them, you know, read it and pass it on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the message I'm trying to pass on to as many people as I can. I was doing mediations, which you mentioned in the beginning. I am a trained mediator from Pepperdine University at at their law school. And I was teaching at schools and I was teaching and doing mediations for people to resolve conflicts, to keep you out of courts, because that way you're making decisions for yourself. And I was teaching at school to teach children from start. And the principal said I was able to reduce violence and uh, conflicts by 75%. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You do that as well. I was looking at your website here where you work with peop, uh, kids who get bullied in school and playgrounds yes, yes. and yeah. help them with your uh, communication, coaching, and uh, and mediator. Uh, tell me this. I mean, you know, one thing a lot of people don't realize is, is and, and, and I, I'm asking you to verify this, but a lot of people don't realize that the the imprint that we get from our parents and the relationship that we see our parents have, not only with us, but with each other, it gets imprinted onto us. And we expect that sort of, we go, okay, this is what a relationship is. And if that relationship with your parents is abusive, you know, like you saw between your mother and, and your father or between the child, then we tend to seek out sort of people that that replicate that. And we're, we're kind of, I heard psychologists say one time that we, we do that because we're trying to resolve and heal that wound. And we think that we can take the same sort of situation, the same sort of people, the same stresses and problems, and that we can fix them where our parents couldn't. And really the problem is, is the toxicity of whatever sort of person or broken people those folks are, you, you, it, the, the situation can't work, and so you're just replicating a failed model and, oh, yeah, yeah. and trying to and trying to reconcile it, yeah. and and by it's just it's gonna it's a guaranteed fail. So um, it's interesting to me how people go through that process and they're trying to you know like I said reconcile that. And uh, did you find that's the same thing with people in abuse oh, situations? That's, that's one side of the story. Because mm-hmm. psychologically, without knowing, subconsciously, we just feel a little bit safer because that's what we know. Yeah, right? we, we feel that safe, huh? Yeah, we know how to deal with it. We've dealt with this all with our lives. So we know the pattern. We know. So that's another thing that in my speaking and when I'm speaking to people either on stage or in groups, 
that if our children don't even know what a good normal is, mm-hmm. they're going to accept abuse as a bad normal. Mm-hmm. But at least it's normal, something they know what to do with, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to teach the children. That's why I was teaching mediations at school. So if they know how to resolve conflicts, children started to say, even though I was uh, going there twice a week because they don't need a mediator every day, children learned how to wait for me to come there. They said, I don't want to fight. I mm-hmm. want to have a mediation. And they were willing just in that when you make space, when you're angry and you're not shouting, yelling, throwing things at each other, that lesson itself gives you a lot of uh, things resolved by then. The anger is gone. You don't want to kill somebody. You don't want to hurt somebody, right? And mm-hmm. the same thing with uh, at home, if we start showing children by our relationship, you know, husband, wife, or parents, or our friends, and with children, what a good normal is. How should somebody be, be you know, treated? Like I, as a child, I could be yelled at for laughing at a joke on TV. Just because they understood it was a mixed message or whatever, you know, like they say, uh, double meanings. And if I laughed, I understood it's not my fault. It's a good thing I'm understanding, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I yelled at that. And wow. I was told I couldn't do this. I wanted to be a doctor. Oh, you're too skinny. You're too short to be a lawyer. And so all education was picked for me. My father was literally used to tell me, focus on learning how to make round chapatis, you know, the bread. <laughs> eat a bread otherwise who's gonna marry you that was like if my and that was the end of me mm-hmm. you know, I'm crying and I'm like doing homework they won't let me do it and then he would laugh at me or get upset at me for that again now she's not cooking or studying now she's just upset but then who did that you know mm-hmm. he he would just say things like that go make proper rotis otherwise who's gonna marry you and uh, so uh, that was more important education what he thought was right. So our dreams, I remember that I wanted to learn gymnastic or learn music. It was literally like 0%. I couldn't do it. Hmm. I only was allowed to do what I was told. And it happens now. People tell you or they make you feel bad about what you want to do. So your dreams just die inside. Mm-hmm. And you're just living a life for either making money or having a house or having whatever, and, you know, a regular life, which is not a happy life. You don't work not to be happy. So for the rest of your life, that's not good, right? It's not good at all. Not We're good not encouraging children and understanding what do they want to do and support them in that. And especially on top of that, girls are controlled even more. They're prepared to be even here. I see it's not just India. And my book, uh, most of the interviews are American girls. Yeah. Some men too. And I mean, there is a reverse abuse. I don't want to say that it's all men abusive and all women are uh, victims. It Mm. does happen the other way too, but of course, for the sake of writing, instead of saying he, she, he, she all the time, I used, uh, because mostly it's men perpetrators. So I use he for perpetrator and uh, she for victim. But uh, anybody who is in abuse, and then I have a a foolproof uh, test to see Mm. if you are in abuse, which is, I call it a garage door test. Anybody oh, wow. listening, please think about it. I have it in the book too. If you are in your home, right? And your husband, wife, partner, whoever is gone out. Again, I'm going to say mostly husbands, if they come home late and you're doing whatever. If when the garage door opens, what are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Are you feeling scared? Like, oh my God, 
Now what? Or are you excited about it, right? If you're happy when your husband, your partner comes home, you're good. You know, ups and downs are everywhere and that's normal. You discuss, you may get be, uh, be upset about something and that's fine. But if you are afraid that that person is coming home, that is not a good relationship. That's true. That's true. I've, you know, I've, I've been on the side of, of, of abusive girlfriends. Uh, one of my girlfriends was an alcoholic. Uh, and, and there were times where I was having to, you know, cross my arms to cover myself while she was yeah. punching at me and, and, uh, would corner me in, in room. And, and, uh, I mean, it didn't happen often, but you know, when she would get drunk, she was one of those people that when they would get drunk, they would become a different person. Yeah. And they become, instead of being a fun person when, you know, most of us drink, she become very angry. She would literally physically change, physiology yeah. uh, change. And, and you'd be like, why? it's like very much Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And, I, and I've seen a lot of men uh, take abuse. In fact, a lot of abuse gets, gets away with, with men where, where women, you know, we seem to allow women to hit us because, you know, women don't punch as hard as men. And uh, I see a lot of guys get hit and I'm just like, yeah. wow, dude, I wouldn't tolerate that, that at all. Uh, and we let a lot and of that slide. Said yeah. I mean, we, we let a lot of that slide. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's good to recognize but, abuse. Like you say, I, I've been in relationships where, yeah, when you hear the crush door open, you're like, yeah, but you know, like weird. women don't talk about it for many mm. reasons, like fear and all, but men, mm. it's actually worse when they are in abuse, are the victims because then they are very embarrassed, very ashamed. Yeah. We don't speak up about it yeah. because it's, so it's you're very, like, I'm a big man. How am yeah. I getting beat by this yeah. little girl? Yeah. Well, I've, I've. I've been in domestic court, uh, and watched the, the, uh, is it called the dais or whatever the, the court thing go by. Um, one time I was appealing a speeding ticket and you know, BMWs, I, I go a little too fast. And so I tend to appeal the speeding tickets to see if I can get out of them as much as I can. <laughs> I'm a lawyer at heart, but, um, so one time they put me in domestic court for the appeal. Because mm -hmm. they they just need to have a court to hear it, and mm -hmm. it, they pass they usually pass it around. So I ended up in domestic court at the end of the docket because my name's Voss, and so mm -hmm. I had to sit there for hours and watch domestic court, and uh, it was extraordinary. And I mean, I think about twenty five percent that came through were men, and oh, you could really? see the shame on their face. You could oh, see the God. the guilt, but mm -hmm. you know they bring in the the wife or girlfriend in an orange jumpsuit, and you just be like, wow, yeah. and uh, you know, and it'd be like some skinny little guy, some kind of burly woman, and and uh, yeah, you'd hear the stories. But you know, it's it's it goes both ways on both sides. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but there needs to be a way to fix that. And oh, uh, it's good that people have your book as a resource. Now, in the yeah. title, you have something called Live L dot uh, Yes, that actually uh, was my original cover. I can show you that too. I changed that just a second. Okay. Now, does the the live acronym does that? Thing. This was it, my original cover. Okay, that's probably what you found. Yeah, on Amazon. I this is also on Amazon updated okay. because there. you know with the unreported, sometimes it was hard to explain to people what's unreported. Okay. Even I'm also making a film, but you can explain more in the film with okay. the same title. And then I had learning to live with uh, is a journey because you know that was I wrote right after my divorce, and I was really. Uh, by the time I did, I was very emotional. And then I started realizing that I have to explain what it is. It's about domestic abuse. So I changed the mm -hmm. cover. Book is the same. Okay. So it's domestic abuse and it's an unreported crime. So I tried to make it more clear and learn how to end it. Right. This is also uh, on Amazon. 
Anybody. Does the does the live stand for something then? Yes, yes. I was going to tell you that live is how I live my life now. By the letters, I've used the letter letters to remind me every day that I need to live my life and my terms and be empowered and mm-hmm. not be afraid. The main thing is not be afraid of anybody. Right? It's my life, and I'm allowed to. I'm deserved to live. So L stands for loving myself. Right? If you remember these four letters. L for loving myself, I for insisting on freedom. You cannot be like you were saying, it happens not very often, but that abuse comes sometimes. So that freedom has to be all the time. Mm-hmm. Not sometimes and not 25 or not even 75 or 80% of the time. It has to be 100% of the time, right? You should yeah. always free, feel free in your home. You can't be living with someone, someone who scares you either by yelling or even if they pounce on the table you know, they're telling you that next time it could be you punching the walls, you know, and or whatever. They're punching a hole in the wall. They're telling you next time it could be you. And then it will be you one day, you know, yeah. so that fear should never be there. And the freedom to just be, live yourself, your life should be all the time, 100%. So insisting on freedom. And then V is for victory over victim syndrome. Instead of keep blaming or complaining that, oh, my God, he hurt me, he hurt me, she hurt me. What are you doing to not make that happen? Set your boundaries. Make sure the other person knows they are not allowed to cross those boundaries. You are, and otherwise too, if, you know, in a circle of abuse, there's a perpetrator and there's a victim, right? Mm -hmm. If you remove one perpetrator, somebody else will come. If you remain the victim, right? Mm -hmm. You have to remove yourself as being the victim. So you stop saying, oh, he hurt me. If somebody, there's a simple example. If somebody, Let's say, I mean, it's kind of uh, gruesome. If somebody uh, knives you in your stomach, right? Yeah. And you say, and now you're curing. He, they put, knifed you and they're gone. And you're walking around telling people, he punched, knifed me, he knifed me, he knifed me. You're bleeding. That person's gone. Who's doing that now? Who's putting the knife in you now? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you got to stop doing that and start putting some healthy boundaries around you. And loving yourself, you know, right from start, if you love yourself enough, then we won't be so kind of sad to want not feel whole without someone else loving us or someone else hurting us. So we're loving ourselves, insisting on freedom. We are not anybody's victim, not just removing one perpetrator. Like when I got divorced, I literally told everybody I divorced. My family was not supportive of me, my mom, dad, my brothers. Because of the culture, they were like upset at me for divorcing. So oh, I had wow. divorced everybody. I'm like, I am leaving. I moved from Michigan to California. And I told them, I've already divorced him. I'm moving because of you. I need to get rid oh, of all of you who are just being mean to me, you know? So you have to not be anybody's victim. Today, I feel so empowered. No, I'm nobody's victim. So mm-hmm. that's where you have to be. And then, of course, the E is for empowered living. You have to remember, this is my life and I've got to make something. Like now I wake up and I'm like, okay, whatever I want to do, there's nobody pulling me down. I can take chances. I can win. I can fail. I can drop. I can get up. But nobody's pushing me down. Nobody's saying, oh, really? No, not do that. You know, I moved to California and I will have when I was younger, I never did a pageant, right? Here I was mm-hmm. divorced and I had 20-some-year-old, two sons. And I come here and I went to a fashion show, just watching a fashion show. And there's another 
Indian newspaper, they started taking pictures of me, one of their photographers. And I'm like, why is he doing that? And then he sent me the pictures. He said, I don't know, this looks so beautiful. I'm going to send you pictures. I'm like, okay, whatever. And uh, I mean, he was official. He gave me his card and all that stuff. And then they nominated me to run it for the pageant, Asian pageant. And the only reason I got, agreed to do is because for the first time, I looked around and said, I don't have to ask anybody. Okay, I'll do this. <laughs> you know, and it was such an amazing experience. And mm-hmm. luckily, I also won Miss Asia uh, California contest. But oh, uh, yeah, but it was more, even till now, I don't care about that. It was just that amazing experience that I don't have to ask anybody. And I had mm. the time. I, you know, I'm not making some stupid choices for myself. I'm making mm-hmm. good choices, which mm-hmm. we have to do. And that's what we are supposed to be taught and mm-hmm. encouraged how to think and how to plan and dream. And yes, you know, figure out how to get those dreams instead of, oh, really? It's not good. Really? Who, how are you going to do this? And then our dreams keep getting shelved and keep getting shelved. Then we stop dreaming because we're afraid of dreaming. Hmm. Then just do whatever little thing somebody says, this seems okay. You yeah. know, I was told to do computer science and math and I did that. And by the day I graduated, I knew I didn't want to be in front of the computer for 10 hours a day. Yeah. Because I'm a people person. I yeah. love the people. Definitely makes all the difference. Oh my God. At the end of those four or five years, because I was studying in India, I was doing my math, science and all that chemistry. I was good, but I was told what to do. And then I moved here. I was like, computer science is big. I did that. But after all that, I graduated. I didn't want to do that. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Uh, Coming in from LinkedIn, we've got a a thing here. Justin Lancaster. Thanks for chiming in. I P.S. PTSD from long time and extreme uh, abuse from ex-wife, I, which I feel now in the garage door test when a new wife yes. comes home. So yeah. uh, he loves that idea of the garage door test. Right, that, that really is a thing. I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start garage door testing while my dates. <laughs> Almost anybody I have asked, it has you know, it has made sense to them. It does. It yeah. does. I remember, you know, the, the extreme case was my alcoholic girlfriend. She was, I mean, she was a, she was a wonderful gal when she wasn't drinking. Uh, she had an addiction and a, and a genetic, uh, you know, uh, disposition that she'd gotten from her father. And, and, uh, it was very sad. Uh, she ended up dying of alcohol abuse. Uh, and, uh, uh, but she, she, you know, when she, when I would get the garage door open, I mean, it was like, oh God, I, mean, I don't know what road. Sometimes it was me coming home and opening the garage door. <laughs> what am I going in for? Is she sober? Is she, is yeah. she, yeah. In the, yeah. in the, after I moved her out of the house for two years, I found vodka bottles hidden all over the house. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a crazy time. But, uh, you know, no one needs to live in an abusive situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people need to identify abuse. I'm sure your yeah. book helps people. You know, am I in an abusive situation? Uh, you know, there's some people that, that they're very toxic and they cause, uh, they, they, they cause a lot of situations. They pick fights. They don't understand that, that that they're creating an environment, Mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, there's, they're, they end up creating fights and arguments and stuff like that. They end up creating drama. Uh, do you help identify people if they're, if they're the one being the toxic person in the relationship that's, you know, I causing abuse, you know, I've had some people that, they will just pick at you and drive at you and pick at you and argue yeah, with you, yeah. and screw with you and do everything to set you off. 
And their whole thing is to try and set you off for whatever their sort of toxic thing they learn from their parents. Yeah. Uh, do you do you teach people that and help them identify if maybe they're the problem? Yes, yes. In the uh, one lady that I was interviewing for the book, and uh, I was, I'll tell you the story a little bit, um, you know, backstory. The husband's family was always abuse fighting, right? Mm-hmm. And the wife's family wasn't, and they got married. So the husband, even though they were fighting now, the younger couple, but mm-hmm. he was used to it, right? The old pattern that we were talking about for him, it was no big deal. His parents were married 50 years. They were still fighting and everything's fine. They still go to parties together, family gatherings. And the woman, she became really angry and abusive mm-hmm. towards him because he was used to it. So it was no big deal for him. So he would just take it, right? Wow. And now she was dishing it. And she at one time told him that uh, because now they were married like four or five years and that he wanted kids. And she says, I will never have kids with you because I don't want them to, I don't want the chance or uh, the thought that they could turn out like you. I mean, that is horribly abusive thing for uh, someone to hear. Okay, I'm not going to have children for one. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because she thinks they could turn out like me. So I'm that bad, right? Wow. So, and she thought she was in abuse. So when I was interviewing so many people, she was one of the ladies I was interviewing. And then she said, maybe I'm the abuser because I have said so many things and done so many things. He just sits and takes it. He's mm-hmm. just like a quiet person who doesn't know any better. He just yeah. grew up in this bad thing. And for him, it's no big deal. You fight and you're together again. You yeah. fight and you go to the church again. You go and mm-hmm. fight and you go shopping, movies, or whatever, right? Yeah. He didn't know any better, but he was still the innocent, vulnerable person. Yeah. She became abusive. And then she actually told me that, that this was, uh, yeah. And my physical therapist, he bought a book from me. And then he came back and bought more books for his guy friends. And he said, now I know why my wife hates me, why she's always angry at me. Yeah. So, yeah, read my book. It's, you, it's, we're fine. The one thing that's really... It, it, it's really come home to me over the years is the shaping of that, like we mentioned before, the shaping of that, that childhood relationship and what you learn from your parents. And if your parents are toxic and they have a toxic relationship, you're going to go looking for those sort of same replications in your, in your partners. And, and then you end up in the same situation. You're like, why is my relationship with my partner the same as, you know, the craziness I grew up in? And like you said, there's a safety there. And yeah. it's a really weird sort of sick safety because yeah. it's abuse, but you're like, this is all I know. So this, this is what is supposed to yeah. be a healthy relationship to me. Yeah. And it, and I really wish more parents were educated and mm-hmm. they really should. I mean, I, I believe parents should go to college for a few years before they have kids and learn to be good parents and maybe work out some of their issues beforehand mm-hmm. because they imprint that on the children and then the children go forth and, you know, if you're a father, your relationship with your daughter is incredibly important because you're yeah. showing her what a what a man is like, yeah. and 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 a and a good or bad man is like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're if you're um, you know, setting her up for failure, you're teaching her. You know, they, men bail you out of all your problems. Yeah. Same thing with a mother and a daughter and a son. Mm-hmm. That relationship between them, and whether it's healthy or toxic. It sets the tone for the, the women he chooses throughout his life. 
You know, men are stoic. We're what we've we learned that when women get too much in their emotions, and they're you know they're it, sometimes it can get abusive or verbally abusive. Um, we just shut down, and we we we've learned that if we engage, it just makes things worse. And so a lot of times we shut down. We give women time to go figure out what's upsetting them and and resolve it and work out their feelings. And never. Um, and so yeah, we, so usually we shut down and. You know, that's that's kind of our, our, our thing that we've kind of learned. Then, yeah, but you know. there's a healthy way to even shut down. You have to mm-hmm. still verbalize. Yeah. I'm going to let you do what you have to do. I'm going to go for a walk. Mm. You know, so they have to have boundaries. They have to know that this is his boundary. He's not yeah. just ignoring me. Yeah. He's literally giving me time to do whatever I have to do. Same thing like with men. If they start, a yell, start yelling at you, you have to say no. Yeah. Stop. You know, like somebody told me, that, oh, most people will just punch with the roll. They say, are you even hearing you? Punch, punch, or roll with the punches? No. Like, I am nobody's punching bag. Don't that doesn't sound anything at all. Not happening. Don't even say that. I mean, people say stuff, but they don't hear what they say. Mm-hmm. Why would I roll with anybody's punches? Yeah. They thought it was like no big deal. Oh, I'm better than most men. I don't want better than most men. I want a good man. You know? Yeah. If not, are bad and you were a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're good. Yeah. Right? Boundaries are so important. I mean, yeah. People need to learn to set them and hold them and say like, no, this is, we're not doing this. And, and yeah. make sure the boundaries are there and rules in your relationship yes. because yes. It, it, things could get out of hand. And if you and let certain people yeah. get away with stuff, they're like, they become like children. They just want to keep pushing those yeah, boundaries. Because we're, you know, once you let them yell at you or hit you or whatever it is, Mm-hmm. And you don't do anything about it. Don't mm-hmm. set boundaries. Say, don't have any consequences or don't shut them down. You're pretty much giving them permission for the next time. Exactly. And if it happens many times, now it's become a normal. Mm-hmm. When you really get tired of it, sick of it, I've had it. And now you're screaming or calling the police or whatever. The other person is completely confused. Like, yeah. what happened? We were fine. Literally, my ex used to say, we're fine. We're in the middle of the divorce, like almost to the end of the divorce. And he's still asking me to stay. I'm like, okay, what will be different? Nothing. We're fine. Like, no, we're not fine. There's a reason I'm leaving. What? There's not fine. He didn't get it. You know, the word abuse was very painful to him because he didn't didn't think he was abusive because everything that he was doing was just normal to him. And it was gradually growing, Mm. you know? And then it got so bad and it was getting so bad. He didn't even see it. The garage door test I was talking to you. I could sit on the floor and just tell him to just stop. I can't breathe. He won't stop. He didn't know how to mm. stop. He had Did to he grow up with a lot of abuse? Did he grow up with a lot of abuse? Well, he was very tight lipped about his family. Oh, really? He won't talk about it. Mm, that's probably a bad yeah, sign. Yeah. Yeah. It was like everything. I was great. My family was great. It was One thing I've. One thing I've learned in dating and relationships is uh, when I date people, I, one of the first things I do is I, as I inquire roundabout, I try not to make it direct, but I inquire, number one, what a woman's relationship is with her father and what her relationship was growing up. For women, it's, you know, asking what their relationship was with their mother, um, you know, because I've seen, I've seen mother abandonment issues with, mm-hmm. with uh, sons. Uh, I've seen, you know, I've experienced, not experienced, but I've seen it with my friends where I'm like, your mother didn't hug you enough. That's kind of the joke I use. Or, um, you know, your your dad didn't hug you enough, (laughs) you know, 
And uh, it, it makes a difference, and it sets a tone for all of our future relationships. What on, in the book haven't we touched on and, or the work that you do as a coach and uh, mediator? Uh, yeah, the mediation came after the book. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a different thing. This is about domestic abuse awareness and mm-hmm. knowing the signs and then what to do if you mm-hmm. have to leave. I have mm-hmm. all that in here, like what lawyers told me and what therapists told me, but not together. They weren't telling me to help me, but I was gathering this information. And then from, you know, talking to everybody else, there was becoming a pattern. Then when I stopped interviews and then I started writing the book and then I made six characters out of that to give enough examples. And I'm one of them. So you guys can guess which one I am. But mediation is what I learned after because I was like, okay, I'm out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you still have this in you. But why did I have to go through this? And why did I have to go through this? Why did my kids have to? That's always another layer of pain that people mm-hmm. live with, right? Even while they're in abuse or when they get out again, it's like, okay, thank God that I'm free. It's not happening now. But why did I have to go through it? So that's why I want to make my life have a meaning and help somebody else learn from my experience. Mm-hmm. But then I went to, uh, I learned um, uh, spiritual psychology to get kind of a base of making sense that I'm okay. And this is like a life curriculum. Like you were saying earlier, you go out to learn what you are feeling, how to fix it or how to not do it again and how to make yourself whole. You know, that's the relationship you want to look for. First, you have to be whole. Then you find a whole person that you complete me is such a bad thing. Nobody completes anybody. That's a good point. I like that point. Then you're constantly trying to complete each other, but you're not even complete yourself. All so you is it better to sit down and fix yourself first before uh-huh. you run around? Is it better to sit down and oh. fix yourself first? Oh, before? totally. Totally. Yeah. Otherwise, you're waiting for somebody else to make you happy. Nobody's going to make yeah. you happy if you're not happy. Yeah. And you can try your hardest and you're not going to make somebody else happy because there's something else, again, is going to come out in them that, that makes them not happy. And you're constantly working on making them happy. Yeah. You know? So, you know, the, the big problem that people do is they just don't go to therapy or get yeah. help or read a book. Yeah. You know, I, I see all these people that do all this BS. They're like, well, I'm going to go do energy crystal healing. Okay, no, go go to therapy or yeah. get a book and educate yourself. You know, yes. all this feel good. If I just feel good, maybe everything will be okay. Yeah. Maybe everyone else is the problem and it's not me. No, it's probably you. It's yeah. the mirror. Go look in the mirror. Uh, I noticed on your website, you, uh, as we round out, you've got several different things here. Uh, you've got strategy calls people can do with you. Yeah, that's mediation and coaching. Yes. Mediation sessions, workshop, a yeah. three month plan to empower a child so he or she becomes bully proof. Yeah. Uh, I love that sort of thing. You know, I was, I was teaching in schools, I was telling you, and mm-hmm. I want to have a course that I can give people that they can do it themselves because I can't be everywhere like I can be in one school. So I can give you those tools so you can do your own mediations and teach your children how to resolve conflicts. So when they grow up, I'm hoping for the next generation, they know how to resolve conflicts. If they can be better husbands and wives, they can be better bosses, better teachers, wherever they are, you know, better employees, coworkers, if they are not living in this victim syndrome, right? It's always somebody else's fault. Yeah. And you take some responsibility and, and also make a decision. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to shoot you. I'm not going to call you to court. We're going to talk, right? Mm-hmm. Be in that level place. 
where I don't get too excited, but I don't also get, I mean, it'll help you save so many mental issues because then you don't have to go through depression. You don't have to go mm -hmm. through this overexcitement, go through drugs and actually gang fights, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it's so important. Yeah. Uh, I was telling you the trajectory, if you want me to finish that, I went through the spiritual psychology and then went to Pepperdine Law School to learn actual skills of mediation. Mm -hmm. And now I put them together when I use, uh, when I do mediations or coaching. There you and, go. Uh, yeah. Uh, we've got another comment here from, uh, I believe, Daisy. Daisy, I hope Daisy, I'm pronouncing yeah. your connect rightly. Uh, you cannot expect that someone else is going to give you what you are unable to give yourself. That is so true. Exactly. Same thing. Be whole yourself. Find a way to be happy first. Then, no. you know, like they say, when they say, I want to grow old with you, you want to have somebody that goes parallel with you in life. Like my ex and I, we were fine. We married so early. And in some ways, I don't blame him because we were so young. He grew differently. We did not grow together. He mm -hmm. grew here and I grew here, right? And that's why... We just tried to stay together, right? Yeah. Because we were just growing differently. He had his own ways that didn't work with me. I stayed with the family and the kids and all that stuff. I was taking care of that while he was just going on his own tangent. And then it just wasn't, we were not growing together, you yeah. know? And then it's a conflict constant. And yeah, it just didn't work. So yeah. it's hard when you have kids. You, know, you are strong and they're strong, whole people that you can grow together. There you yeah. go. Well, your message resonated with a lot of people today and uh, on the podcast, and, and uh, it will help a lot of people. Uh, anything more you want to plug out before we go? Well, uh, that's my message right now, that teach our girls, our young children first, that, you know, while you're teaching them, you'll teach yourself also, but at least let's start from there so our next generation feels more empowered and mm -hmm. they know what a bad normal is. Yeah. Right? And what a good normal is. If they don't even know what a good normal, they're living in a bad normal, then they will keep doing what you're doing. There's no, you know, chance of change. So, like, imagine if a girl knows that she's able to do anything. She's not stopped. She's not living in fear. And if she finds this person who tries to do the opposite, tries to insult her, abuse her, yell at her, she's going to say, what the hell? Get away from me. You know, this is not normal. And we, that's how we need the same thing with our boys, right? They will also know that this is normal when they're taught not to take abuse, have some boundaries, and they'll know when they grow up. Relationships will be better. They will ha won't have enough, too many reasons to fight because they'll have their boundaries already. They won't let people pe cross those boundaries to hurt them. Mm -hmm. And then they also know not to cross other people's boundaries, right? Yep. A lot of a lot of men make that mistake. They 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 just try to appease. You know, we we try and make everyone happy, and we're you know we deal with a lot as being men going out in the world and fighting our battles, and we want to come home and have peace. And and so you know we'll we'll sell we'll sell ourselves for peace. We'll be like, okay, whatever, just just this make her happy, whatever it takes, just make her happy. And not setting those boundaries is really important. I, I see a lot of men that, that don't do that. I, I see a lot of that in my gaming community because we'll spend hours on gaming and i'll hear the abuse going on in their house I, the verbal abuse i'm going to tell all your friends yeah. you will never make her happy mm -hmm. i mean just remember that because you give her nine things there's a 10 things she wants yeah and yeah. you'll never make her happy if that's your goal because something else will 
get her attention and she'll want that. And she, mm-hmm. if she wants that from you, she's never going to be happy. But if she can be happy on her own, then she's as happy. Yeah. Then you enjoy that. Of course, you do nice things for each other. But they, you know, then they're done out of just when you want to do. You want to be kind, mm-hmm. but yeah. not to make her happy. If it makes you happy to give and if it brings joy to the group, but that should not be like the words you said, Ed, I'll do whatever it takes to make you happy. Yeah. You want to die to make her happy? Really? That, and people are doing that, you know? Some people, some people, you know, we, we you give and you give and you give. Anyway, it's been wonderful to have on the show. Thank you very much for coming on. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank this you. Was amazing. And uh, people, another comment here from Daisy. Uh, it's about sharing happiness with someone as opposed to waiting for someone to make you happy. Definitely totally. is. You have to totally. be a happy, complete person before you bring yourself totally. to a relationship. And and it, it makes all the difference. It, yeah. If you're waiting for someone else to complete you or fix you, uh, you yeah. it's the wrong thing to do. And please yeah. go to therapy, folks. Just stop. <laughs> So I was watching, somebody was sent me something where it's like, well, we're going to do energy and crystals to fix your relationship. Go to therapy. And yeah. and you know what? It, whether you think it's you or not, it's probably still you. So yeah. go fix you. And then you know you're not the problem. Go to therapy. See a psychologist. Are you buy, probably the problem? Buy, Vera, buy Vera's book. I just assume I'm always the problem and always yeah, will victim, be. Yeah, so. victimhood is also part of the problem. You yeah, know? This, this culture we have where everybody's yeah. a victim yeah. and we have like victim competition where like, I'm a bigger victim than you are. It's like, <laughs> hey, why don't, why don't we shut up and go see a therapist? This yeah, I mean, they have to know in a cycle of abuse, there's a perpetrator and a victim. You yeah. want to keep finding new perpetrators. Uh, yeah, if Remove everyone's the, the victim, Remove yeah. the victim. You know, I'll date girls, and it's like, oh, so the last ten people your relationship were all narcissists. You know that narcissists are maybe like two or three percent of the population, the diagnosed <laughs> ones. So, you know, if every guy you date is a narcissist, it's probably you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's always interesting to me. So yeah, anyway, the common factor is me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. Probably you. You know, I, I'll see a lot of these TikTok dating. There's there's these gals who go on to TikTok and they complain about their dates. And it's really funny. They've been doing it for years. And you're like, you do like hundreds of dates and it's always the guy who's the problem. And I'm, you know, I think at this point, probably isn't the guys yeah. who are the problem. It's you. And yeah, it's but also, maybe guys are the problem, but why are you allowing that? Why don't you have healthy boundaries? You know? Sometimes, sometimes I, I honestly, from all the problems that I've seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of issues with between fathers and daughters and the, the problems that the fathers create that they send in the world. Sometimes it's abuse. Sometimes it's alienation. Sometimes it's growing up without fathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it, you know, Chris Rock has a great thing. You know, if, if your, your job is to create a great relationship and set it and set her a good example of a good father. Otherwise, you know, she's going to end up seeking attention from men. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's going to end up working in different trades that are going to be bad for her just to get men's attention. And uh, so, you know, it, it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, but thank you very much, Vera, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, give us a plug one more time for your dot .com. Vera Mahajan, V-E-E-R-A-M-A-H-A-J-A-N.com. There you so go. Yes. In order of the book, wherever fine books are sold, you can find it uh, wherever fine books are sold on Amazon. All those different places, unreported, domestic abuses and unreported crime and learning to live free 
is a journey uh, and uh, real important that we always identify abuse because, uh, you know, and give it to your friends too. If you have friends yes. that have toxic things, you know, help them pass set boundaries, yes. pass it on. There you go. And I have the book on audio too. If people don't want to read or can't read, it's on audio mm-hmm. also. On there audio. you go. I love audio books. Anyway, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks to everyone for being on and listening. And thanks for the commenters and the people engaged in the show. We certainly appreciate that as well. Go to youtube.com for slash Chris Foss, goodreads.com for slash Chris Foss, all our places on LinkedIn, all those different places across the internet. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, Chris.